This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey guys, LD here. This is our Slap Nuts episode. And just to let you know, we do use some coarse language and there is some suggestive material. So listener discretion is advised. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD. Along with me for the ride, as always, is my big brother, TJ2, the deuce. Fans up. <laughs> and yeah. uh, my ride or die, Mr. And, and, and I almost did, and we'll get into that in a minute, uh, Mr. William Hickey. Yes, with... I'm here. Greetings and salutations. Will the thrill... So uh, this, guys, I'm going to go ahead and say, this is not a regular episode. This is not a Slap Nuts episode. This episode is going to suck from beginning to end. The last week has just blown. I mean, let's, let's just face it. Also, this probably needs a some sort of language warning on it. This week has sucked, not just for the music world, but for the rock and roll heaven family. And that's because we were supposed to bring you today the final episode of our Waylon Jennings series. Unfortunately, within the Rock and Roll Heaven family, Travis, your lovely wife, had someone pass on her side. Would you like to talk about them for a few minutes? Sure. Uh, her uncle, Jerry, who was, um, you know, almost another father figure for her and somebody I was very close to as well, just couldn't have been a, a nicer, better person fought for his country in Vietnam. He built built things, fixed things. You know, he was in construction, built built homes, fixed up cars. And I think one of his uh, happiest moments and crowning achievements, one of the cars that he worked on for years was actually auctioned off on one of those shows on like ESPN or something. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The, the, the car... You, you, if you're if you're into cars, you've seen them where they it's these it's basically they just show car auctions and it's these these cars going for obscene amounts of money. <laughs> he actually worked on one for and I mean literally he worked on that car for years and years and it ended up on one of those programs and went for a crazy sum of money and he bought it for very little. Again, it's just literally working on it for several years 
but just good a, a, a good man all the way around family man man of great faith who you know worked with his hands built things served his country we need more like him so yeah and then um me i had this wonderful time at dragon con which is a convention that takes place here in atlanta and uh, monday came around and i cleaned up the house and then tuesday i woke up in more pain than i've ever felt in a very long time and that is saying a lot because i have an extremely high tolerance for pain i think my both my brother and my husband can attest to this yeah yeah <laughs> just the amount of stuff that has happened to me and i don't feel it so for me to be in that much pain worried will but i couldn't regulate my own body temperature it felt like somebody had just come up and punched me in my back and so i went to uh the hospital and they did all kinds of tests they took so much blood from me that they never gave back and i'm, I'm still angry about that but it comes out that i had like three different kinds of infections uh one which was e coli <laughs> and yeah, then the other one, yeah and then the other one was kidney infection so uh they put me on a ton of different antibiotics and pain meds and everything else and so still kind of floating but i feel a little bit better uh as we record this but uh but yeah so it's not it's not been fun and then we're releasing this episode on the 22nd anniversary of the september 11th attacks which is always hard for me because i was i was there and so yeah it's just all around just been a crappy week and then of course what we're about to oh. jump into also well, one um one, one little throw in real quick our um our good friends at the Yeah Uh-huh podcast um, undertook one of the assignments that we were going to be doing today, which was our Highwaymen set list. And I think they're still dropping their episode today. And we were going to, it's going to be a deal where we were dropping our last episode of Waylon, which was going to contain that. And they were going to drop theirs. Obviously, we're not doing that today, unfortunately, because the old has been in the hospital and I've had a lot of stuff to deal with and uh, poor wills had to take care of <laughs> ld so uh that will be next week but please still go listen to, the, to them admin thea uh join the fun i've seen their list they're really good um plenty for ld to steal from yep um since she needs uh, crib, <laughs> crib notes to complete this exercise yep um and oddly i've not as many intersections with i have a working set list i've done mine and i, I think i'm just not going to look at it again Please I'm don't start second guessing it. Yeah, because then you start scratching stuff out. That's how you right, go. I, yeah. I made one list and and showed it, made the mistake of showing it to a friend, and he was like, "That's yeah, good, but what about and what about and what about?" And I just said, "Ah, shit!" And just I just threw it away. <laughs> Literally, I deleted, out the window. Just, yeah. Yeah. I deleted it. Just got yep. rid of it. But mm -hmm. I've done another one. Probably just not going to touch it until it's time for said episode. So we'll see. So, but still check, but still check theirs out because uh, Admin Thea is joining them. So. uh uh, and we of course love those guys yep. so be sure to check them out yeah uh-huh podcast just google that you'll find them yeah and i will try to remember to put them in the show notes so that you guys can uh just click on through and check their episodes out um i think right now would be a great place for us to take a short sponsor break and we will be right back Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, and we are back. So, uh, like I said, this week sucked giant docky testicles. Um, so let's get into that. Uh, who wants to go first? TJ, why don't you go first? Okay, okay. I can go first. Part of what we're doing in this episode, really, well, really the, the, the entire crux of this episode, the music world has just been rocked left and right with some huge losses, and so many in such a short period of time. We almost thought if we did this at the start of – our final whaling episode. I mean, it, it would extend it by half an hour. Yeah, literally. That yep. like that, that's not an exaggeration. There have been so many terrible losses here in the last you know week and a half or so. We finally just sat down. Let's just do these as an episode and, and pay tribute to these because a couple of these are every life is is precious and they all gave you know art to the world. And we appreciate them for that. But a couple of these are very close to the uh, to our hearts in a couple of instances so yeah so i was literally awakened last saturday morning uh i slept in which means i i was in, in bed until gosh 7 50 sleeping in in my house with two large dogs and a baby um but i was literally it was a very rare uh saturday where ashley woke up before i did and I was literally awakened with the news that Jimmy Buffett had passed away, which was shocking. It was. Because if there's yeah. anybody who just seemed so full of life that they would always be there, it was it was certainly Jimmy. I mean, I I think I discovered Jimmy Buffett like proper when I was in college. Right. Because, you know, mom, again, we've we've joked about this before, where mom really didn't let us have our own music until about 1994. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Before that, it was just music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, mm-hmm. which did not include Jimmy Buffett for some nope. strange reason. No, not a lot of Buffett. Not um, a lot of I, Buffett. I, I said I started to 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 uh, get mine. I think it was we, we were maybe both around the same age. So because I started to kind of discover mine around 88 or so when I was about 14, 13, 14 years old. Um, and Buffett was somebody I did hear a lot. Because a lot of my uh, family on the other my, uh, the other side of my family loved Jimmy Buffett. They played him a lot on the classic rock radio station that I listened to. You know, he's let's just be honest. He's he's kind of he's even if you don't know who he is or barely know who he is, and you or you can't name you could only name one song. You can name one song. There's yeah. one everybody knows. Everybody's heard it. Everybody's been drunk and sang it at karaoke probably, and that yeah. would be Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yep. But he was so much more than that. Now, he managed to turn, and because I, I have a friend who was like an uber Jimmy Buffett fan, and he was utterly crushed by you know, the news. But I said, you know, man, this is it's so funny. I said, I don't know if I've ever seen a celebrity death blow up my timeline the way this one has. And he said, well, you got to think about something. He turned one song into a whole lifestyle and a literal billion-dollar empire. Mm -hmm. There are Margaritaville hotels, casinos, restaurants. He had a booze line. I think he owned Landshark Beer. Um, I think he owned a retirement community that was named Margaritaville. Margaritaville, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it exists. And he had... uh, 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 he managed to parlay another one of his songs into uh, uh, some very marketable ventures, that being Cheeseburger in Paradise. Um, we used to go to Cheeseburger in Paradise when we were in Myrtle Beach because they had this layered frozen drink that is my wife's favorite thing that she's ever consumed, <laughs> I believe. Um, it was like frozen sangria, frozen margarita, frozen pina colada, frozen strawberry daiquiri with a gummy cheeseburger sitting on top of it oh god oh god that just gave me diabetes thinking about it yeah um and they uh, that's what she liked and i liked that they had um you know good cheeseburgers and uh dollar 50 pbrs all day every day well just a little little backstory on jimmy just to kind of give you a little overview of his life he was actually born on christmas yep and you know where he was born Pascagoula, Mississippi. In that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. Pascagoula. Um, the, only Pascagoula. Reason why, the only reason why I think anybody outside of Mississippi knows how to pronounce that is because of the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Right. He was mainly raised in Alabama, though. Um, yeah. I, I think for at least a part of his life uh, around Mobile. And, you know, the funny thing is his grandfather actually was a sailor and i think his dad worked for the army corps of engineers or naval corps of engineers but so when you hear buffett singing son of a son, son, of, a son a of a sailor, sailor. It's not just it's not just a, a, a clever <laughs> ditty he thought up it's autobiographical his grandfather was a sailor it's, i think he started off college at auburn he was majoring in journalism and he quit that and i you know, just say hey smart move jimmy um but then he um he flunked out he went to a junior college, and then he ended up at Southern Miss. He did graduate. He actually was a correspondent for Billboard magazine for a while, um, so he did have some journalism chops. He, I, I, from what I read, broke the news about uh, Flat and Scruggs breaking up. <laughs> Was it, that would have been a story he broke. So he started playing guitar when he was in college. Well, wait, wait, wait. He, 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 yep. he, he, he played the trombone first in the school band. He did play trombone in the school band. And he graduated guitar. from McGill yep. Institute in 1964. Yep. He started playing guitar mainly to pick up girls in college, but found he had an affinity for songwriting. He got a record deal. And the the, the figures vary, but um, his first album did not crack quadruple digits in terms of sales. <laughs> it literally <laughs> sold, it sold a few hundred copies. So the the, the record company quote, lost the masters for his second record. And they would turn up later once he was successful. He, <laughs> interesting how that works out. Yeah, it was interesting how that worked out. He piled around with Jerry Jeff Walker. He moved to Key West. He hung out with a lot of literary types down there, including Truman Capote, from what I read. Oh, wow. um, and 
he was a first mate on a boat, had some odd, some other odd jobs, but he, he was, you know, he was, he was busking and he kept writing songs and he ends up putting out his second record. It was much more successful. And then he was kind of off to the races. And the funny thing is you go back and listen to his first handful of albums. He's a, he was a country artist, not a Caribbean cowboy, not the Gulf and Western sound as, as he's been tagged as being he it was you listen to those first couple albums those that's country music and very much in the storyteller vein um i love uh god's own drunk is a fantastic song peanut butter conspiracy is fantastic um uh, the great filling station hold up all all that kind of stuff but then he starts and there but there's nary like a steel drum hardly to be heard the the kind of uh caribbean vibe and the calypso stuff which he heard from his grandfather, you know, when he was young, it wasn't really making its way in there yet. And then eventually it did. And, you know, if you, if you go back and look, he only, he only had, I think five top 40 hits, but he's not a dude you can quantify by his hits because a, he was a magnificent songwriter. He went to Paris is a freaking masterpiece of a song. It's sad as hell, but it's an unbelievably fantastic, undeniably wonderful song come monday of course would be another one that was actually his first you know top 40 hit but he was a guy that had this very dedicated following parrot heads they called him obviously um and a lot of those were people who who liked the beach bum and boat drink you know vibe that he put out and they just they liked to go get shit face drunk at his concerts and you know scream vol- the, all the lyrics to volcano and fins and there's nothing wrong with any of that because it's it's a, it's escapism it's fun and we all need that but there was a much deeper side to him if you if you actually read his lyrics to a lot of his songs and you know he he was a guy who had a, a late career i don't want to say resurgence because he was always popular with his very dedicated fans and his albums always sold really well he didn't have you know get a lot of radio airplay but he put out a license to chill in 2004, I think where he did duets with a bunch of country artists and most famously, of course, Alan Jackson, five o'clock somewhere was a gigantic hit. So he had this, I think, you know, 40, 35 years after he put out his first couple of country records, he actually had his first handful of real country hits, including a huge number one smash with Alan Jackson. And supposedly the last words that he's, said to his one of his sisters um as he was in hospice care and and very near death was have fun and i think that's Mm -hmm. a message we should all take to heart um you know he died of skin cancer um had been battling it rather privately for four years had had to cancel some shows recently um and i have a a lot of great memories of driving around with a, a couple of friends of mine including a late friend of mine in lds named tommy who was oh, um, Tommy? Who was who, who was not only um, a huge Buffett fan. He's he's the one that turned me on to some of Buffett's earlier stuff because I was up until that time more familiar with the the stuff that did get radio airplay. Why don't we get drunk and screw and come Monday and pencil thin mustache, cheeseburger in paradise, Margaritaville stuff like that. But he had a, a Buffett live album that we listened to driving back from got a playoff baseball game that we called on the radio from the front seat of his car for reasons that are too complicated to explain right now. <clears throat> we, we were not given availability to a press box and it was raining. 
um, not hard enough to call the game, enough to make it annoying. But we called it literally from the front seat of his car. Yeah. Um, and he snagged a foul ball that was about, with its bare hand, that was about two inches from his windshield at one point. But, <laughs> um, and he may or may not have done toot off a drumhead with Buffett in Atlanta. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just lots of great memories attached to his music. I have such an appreciation for for good lyricists, which Buffett undeniably was. He managed to parlay the idea of Margaritaville, of the laid back beach lifestyle of working, but enjoying your work and having fun when the opportunities present themselves. He he just he he struck the perfect note with all that, and just like I said, fins up, bubbles up, buddy. We'll miss you. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess I'll go. Next, big part of my my college life and uh, just following up to college life was a little band called Smash Mouth. Uh, and, you know, like people make fun of Smash Mouth, but you know what? They were a lot of fun. And their lead singer has passed away, Steve Harwell. I loved Smash Mouth. I'm going to be honest with you. Walking on the Sun, All Star. We still like All Star is still a trend on TikTok. Like somebody has re-edited it to like pause and something bad will happen. So it's like some, but do you <laughs> once told me and like a kid will get smacked in the face with a ball or something. I don't know. It's, it's funny, but Steve, he was initially in a rap group <laughs> called FOS, which is freedom of speech. And then he, he kind of drew from public enemy, but then he stopped after hearing Dr. Dre's uh, 1992 album, the chronic and realized that maybe some things were changing in the music industry. And so I think they leaned a little bit more into ska-ish sounding stuff. But uh, Greg Camp formed Smash Mouth in 94 with uh, Harwell and Kevin Coleman and Paul DeLise. Walking on the Sun was their first big hit. And in 1999, that's when All Star came out. And dude, All Star was everywhere. Including in a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery Men was not that bad and it starred the late great paul rubens yeah it's pretty bad but it's also in shrek like they made songs that were picked up almost immediately by a film because they were in can hardly wait they were in shrek uh they were in mystery men they've been in a ton of other ones but like in the 90s you couldn't have a film in the demographic of like 15 to 25 without hearing a smash mouth song like that was just like a thing. Like you they heard it. Kind of like they were. They reminded me of like the Oneaters. <laughs> they hit that like sound that just it, it's like a hit sound, a hit song, no matter what. It was yes. really amazing. Yeah, and then like he like Steve went on to do other stuff. Like was in the Surreal Life. I don't know if you guys remember that show. I do. Yes. <laughs> in two thousand six, the thing that sucks is they were they were doing a concert in Illinois in like two thousand sixteen, and Harwell collapsed on stage and was taken to the hospital i think that's kind of when his health issues started but he was a covid denier i believe so uh, he he had what was called a super spreader event that was condemned by the national institute of health so during the height of covid he was like let's have a concert and he wore a t-shirt that and i quote and this is a cover little ears uh moment fuck that covid shit so hmm. yeah in 2021 they well i certainly agree with that uh, sentiment <laughs> yeah but i think he was an anti-vaxxer well, no the like... f-covid part no i'm totally fine with the f-covid for sure yes 
But holding an event uh, and being an anti-vaxxer is not I'm great. trying to remember, was it not in... <sighs> Was it in uh, cooperation somehow with Sturgis? Yes. The big the, biker? The motor, motorcycle rally? Yes, it was. Yeah, that, okay, really? I, I thought that those two were associated, yeah. Yes, <sighs> yes, it was. Um, and I, I really, really wanted to give you guys more bio info on Steve, but there's not a whole, whole lot out there. The really sad thing was that Harwell had a son named Priestley mm-hmm. who died at six months old. In 2001, Oof. due to acute lymphatic leukemia. I think that's how you say, Jesus, I can't sure pronounce anything today. But he he started a disease prevention fund for that. And so throughout his life, he struggled with alcoholism. And he was diagnosed with a ton of things. That if I try to pronounce them medically, there's somebody out there that's just going to be screaming at me the entire time. But basically, he was diagnosed with things that would affect functions like speech and memory. Uh, He was again hospitalized in 2017 with cardiomyopathy, uh, leading to the cancellation of a show. And he later implied that he was going to retire due to the problems that basically hindered him from performing. He passed away at his home in Boise, Idaho on the 4th of September. And uh, he had gone into hospice. I want to say he was only been, he'd only been in hospice for like a couple days before he passed, because I think there was an announcement of hospice and then a few days later he passed away but the lack of biography let me make it up by saying this for me smash mouth has always been fun they had always been a a source of humor for me because everything that they did was just like nonsensical joyful earwormy and like just it captured there's what nothing the wrong with were. fun music. There's nothing in the nobody should ever apologize for doing good time fun rock and roll. There is exactly nothing, right. every every song is, does does not need to solve the world's problems. Sometimes I, it's sometimes you just want to rock out to All Star. Yeah, I dare you to not listen to I'm a Believer and not have a smile on your face. It's just they they were fun. And yes, he had his demons and yes, he had his problems, but he is now with his son. Um, his pain is over with, and he left a great legacy behind in the form of Smash Mouth. So I gotta miss him because I, I really, I truly did love Smash Mouth. <laughs> so will the thrill? It's all eyes are on you now, bud. Oh yeah, the good thing we have a podcast and they can see me. Uh huh. All of these like struck me as like tragic for different reasons, and sometimes you don't know how you're gonna react when a celebrity passes, and sometimes the one that really hits you is almost a bit of a surprise. Um. And that was me with Jack Sonny. Uh, you know, Jack obviously is known mostly as the second banana to Mark Knopfler in Tire Straits, but uh, the story goes much deeper than that. And it's interesting that, you know, when he passed, that's like the thing that got splashed out there was like, this is what he's known for. But there was so much more of him that kind of came out. Um, in fact, he would even say in his life that, you know, playing guitar in Dire Straits was almost like a footnote for him. It was very interesting. Um, You know, Jack was, uh, he's actually from Pennsylvania. Uh, He really got a start in New York at the time when, you know, I think we've talked about this in the like 70s when music was like really roaring, um, where there was like a good music scene down in the village of New York, you know, Um, there were a lot of bands coming up at the time. And, you know, he just happened to be working in a record shop on 48th Street when in walks a guy named Dave Knopfler. And the two just hit it off. And he's like, hey, you know, I got a band. You should meet my brother, Mark. Uh, kind of went from there you know uh jack ended up going to london he ended up obviously playing guitar on i think tj you and i've had long conversations about this um dire straits arguably best album which is brothers in arms right i don't think Uh, it's arguable (laughs) no i don't know i'm I'm a big fan on 
on every street. On every street, that album is terrific too. Yes. Uh, in fact, controversial opinion. I think their weakest album is probably making movies, but we're not going to get into that now. Um, the point is, you know, he did play with Dire Straits, a huge accomplishment. And actually, LD, you'll appreciate this. He was also in the lineup with Dire Straits when they performed at Wembley Stadium for Live Aid. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and Jack went on to play with the band. And this is where it's interesting because there's a clear time when he steps away from Dire Straits and there's sort of a mixed opinion onto why this has happened. You know, a lot of people know who know the Dire Straits story, which when the unfortunate day comes when a member from that band, so another member from that band passes, um, you know, we can go into the feud between the Nafla brothers, which I think is probably the stuff of legends. Uh, some say it was that, some say it was creative differences. Um, the reason actually Jack cited was because he had just, uh, he had two daughters and he just looked at this and said, I, I can't do this. You know, I can't be out on the road. Um, I can't uh, be away from them. You know, my family's important to me. And so that's the reason he cited for stepping away from the band, which is very reminiscent in the song. Again, TJ, we think it's one of the best songs on the album is so far away from me. Right. Yeah. So he does leave the music industry, but not altogether. Uh, it's very interesting what he did with his skills and his experience with Dire Straits. He became actually like this marketing guru and was actually the VP of marketing communications for Guitar Center. Um, he lined up with a lot of bands and did a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, a lot of them. Um, labels for guitars and did a lot of promo stuff he actually was a teacher so here's a little fun fact fun fact fun fact he actually would do courses on how to be an effective rhythm guitar player so at the same time of embracing yeah you know i was the other guy i wasn't mark Knopfler. he was like but being a rhythm guitar player you know there's things you have to know and you have to do and he actually had this as part of his career he was kind of like a renaissance man he wrote for a publication on the arts out in martha's vineyard he had a blog um he actually had a podcast called the leisure class which is a throwback to his band that he was performing in in the 70s when he met the Doppler brothers so he did that you know pretty much until he passed unfortunately uh, I do see different things on the actual date of his death it's a little hazy some sources say the 31st others of August some say the 1st of September it's really again I it's not definitive but we do know that we lost him recently he just seemed like a really cool guy and I remember going into his website and just reading up on his bio, and it's just so interesting to me that, again, the thing that everybody knows him for wasn't what he was most proud of. You know, he was most proud of his writing. He was really proud to do the work he did with Guitar Center. But he said, most of all, he was proud to be a father and eventually a grandfather. So he did get to see his grandchildren before he passed, which was really good. Mm. Um, and one of the sayings he would say is, uh, he was a big fan of hugs. He said, you know, the supreme importance is hugging is do it while you can, because tomorrow never knows. Um, that's a quote from the late Jack Sonny, who we lost this year. He was 68 years old, and he passed due to acute respiratory infection. So, rest in peace. All right, guys, let's hit the pause button and take a quick commercial break. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And we are back. All right. Well, we got one more, and I think we can all speak on this guy. And that is the Dreamweaver himself, Mr. Gary Wright. Gary Wright. Jersey boy. Yeah. So who wants to lead off? Well, well, you can, uh, you know, the thing about him, everybody knows him for that one song. And I did a little research on him once he, he passed away, because I'd be honest with you, I knew 
that one and I knew Love is Alive and that's pretty much it. I couldn't have told you one other thing about Gary Wright other than, you know, his movie was moved uh, used in Wayne's World that he got like a shot of new popularity out of it. But so Will already threw in, he was, he was uh, a Jersey guy, but he moved to London. He was in a band there called Spooky Tooth. He was in a short-lived band uh, called um, Wonder something. It doesn't really matter because it, it was short-lived. I don't think they ever recorded anything. But also in that band was Mick Jones, who went on to be in Foreigner, of course. Yeah. No kidding. Um, this I did not know, and this is something you probably should have known, and this is going to endear him even more to Will. He played keyboards on All Things Must Pass. No kidding. George Harrison's master, well, ma- master clearly. Role. Well, you yeah. know why he endeared himself to me a little bit more was because he was a former child actor yep. who was on Broadway in the musical Fanny before studying medicine and then yep. psychology in New York and Berlin. He was, um, he was brilliant. So, play, yeah. yeah, right. Went on to play with B.B. King, uh, played on recordings by Jerry Lee Lewis, Ronnie Spector, uh, and a ton of other people. Mm-hmm. So, so he'd done that, and then he had this huge hit with Dreamweaver, and you know he re-recorded it for Wayne's World, and they used it to hilarious effect. And from what I read, he he really enjoyed the movie, and he thought the scene was funny. He's but he also said, you know, the thing is, is that kind of cast the song as something it's not because there, it's actually a very spiritual song. Hmm. Uh, it, it really didn't have anything to do with seeing Dream Girl, another side of. Uh, Dan Makita's. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this right now, okay? Right now. That is my top in my top five guilty pleasure songs of all times. I will listen to that unironically. Friggin' love Dreamweaver. And this is not something everybody would know. It it hit number two on the charts, as did Love is Alive. So it was actually maybe not as uh enduring, but at the time it was released, it was just as big a hit as Dreamweaver was. And they were running concurrently, yeah. right? Yep. Um, wow. I think he had about three top 40 hits or so, but the, thereabouts. But again, this, you you start looking at played with B.B. King and Jerry Lee Lewis and Ronnie Spector, and he played on All Things Must Pass, and then he was in a band with Mick Jones. There's a lot, a lot to him. Uh, former child actor, studied medicine. There's a, a real real deep fella, it sounds like. So that was certainly uh, sad to see. I think he was 80 years old when he passed. Yeah. So, again, just the hardest week we've dealt with. I mean, we've had a smattering of loss here and there, and all of them have been incredibly tragic. But this was just like boom, 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 like in a row. Just like we thought that 2023 was going to be a little better, and it just it was just like everything came down at one time. It sucks. We missed some tough ones this year. Yeah, yeah. we have. We've, we've if had you start, some... you know, there have been times this year where we thought, well, you know, um, we're kind of skating. It's not, uh, hadn't, haven't been the hit with a, a lot of bad losses. But, you know, you start looking at the totality of going back to January and Jeff Beck passes away, one of the greatest guitar players who's ever lived. And then Lisa Marie Presley, and then two members of BTO passed away, and then David Crosby, and then Tina Turner, and now Jimmy Buffett, and Gary Wright, and Tony Bennett, and Tony Bennett, yeah. Sinead O'Connor. It, it's it's not a good year. No, it's not. It's no, not been a good a, year. We also lost Harry Belafonte. Let's not forget that. That's right. Right. David, Gary Rosington. David Crosby. 
Yeah. And Gordon, then, Gordon uh, Lightfoot. Yeah, Gordon yeah, Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot and uh, Napoleon the whatever. We somehow missed that one, but I'm going over a list right now, and there he sits. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. Oh, oh no, he passed away. No. Yeah. No. Ah, uh, yeah. This this year sucked. Our our wrap oh. up is just gonna really just suck out loud. And Tom Tom Levy's, of course, who was uh, in Mud Crutch with Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, yeah, this it's 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 actually been a pretty. You look at the totality of things. We've we've had some really bad ones, um, and and lost some all timer all timers. Yeah. Well, so uh, guess that wraps up this episode. But I will say again, this week sucked, and um, we're sorry that we we didn't get the episode out to you that was scheduled. But hopefully, this will uh, satiate your uh, thirst to hear our beautiful dulcet tones and uh we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled episode where we close out our series on Waylon jennings and uh other than that we will have uh, another slap nuts this uh this episode sorry this uh they've still got the brain fog from all the antibiotics so you'll have to forgive me because i'm not as month. quick as i usually am <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah this uh, this month this month this this episode i words are hard yeah, no, this uh, we will have our slap nuts this month, and uh, next week we will wrap up Waylon Jennings, and we will also that will be a probably a sizable episode because we will have our stupid, stupid list that my dumb, dumb brother made me do. You stupid head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there'll looking be that. Forward to it. Um, this big stupid head is looking forward to it. But uh, other than that, guys, thank you so much for so, checking this episode out. Uh, please so, make um, sure. Oh, yeah, yes. No, go ahead. No, no, go oh. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go go ahead. I'm I'm wrapping up. So if you have something else to say now, no, is the I was time. just gonna say I don't I don't we didn't discuss it. This was uh we, we kind of we're kind of flying by the seat of our britches here. I didn't know if you wanted to finish with a song or not. I um, I was gonna finish with a song. Well, you know what? I, I'm gonna let our editor pick. I'm gonna ooh. I'm gonna say Michael. This is a message for you, sir. You pick our last song. Okay. So whatever our editor picks. That's what you guys are going to listen to and, because and you know don't, what? And don't edit that part out. Don't we edit that part out. Clear, you're picking the song. Yeah, um, this is on you, Michael. You're our only hope. Other than that, guys, our social stuff is: uh, if you'd like to donate to us, you can do so at pantheon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. Eh, what's the point of Twitter? Instagram rock and roll heaven lt. You can check out our Facebook at rock and roll heaven pod. Still not saying our website. You can check out our TikTok at rock and roll heaven pod. You can also email us at rock and roll heaven lt at gmail.com and you can check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts, pantheonpodcast.com. And also, guys, I am in a competition now. It is a horror competition since we're coming up on the a horror competition. Horror, you jerk. It's called Faces of Horror. And uh, it's your face of horror. I hardly know her. Yeah. Let me just get through this and so I can go back to bed. <laughs> It's a called Faces of Horror. Right now, I'm currently third. I have a chance to win $13,000 and have a photo shoot with one of the uh, big time horror folks, which is uh, Kane Hodder. Anybody? Anybody? Kane Hodder? I know he is. Kane, Kane Hodder is, was Jason. Yes. Kane, Kane Hodder. Yeah, no, Kane Hodder, who, who was who was uh, Jason in multiple uh, Friday the 13th. Correct. That's correct. Yes. At one point was the only person who was allowed to play Jason more than once. Yes. I don't know if that held true to the whole slew of them, but. I, I'm not entirely certain, but um, it's a chance to do a photo shoot with him and $13,000. Yeah. 
And so if uh, the Rock and Roll Heaven fam could do me a favor and collectively get together and vote, I did put that uh, on the Rock and Roll Heaven page. And so if you could just head over to our Facebook page, click that. You don't have to pay for votes. You get a free daily vote. So just do the free daily vote and that will help me out immensely. And uh, I'll be one step closer to uh, being the face of horror. Stop it. Stop it. And on that note, uh, TJ, would you like to say anything to the audience? I would. I would like to say um, bye, everybody, and be well until we speak again. Yes. Mr. Will the Thrill, do you have anything you'd like to say to the audience? What I always say, stay golden, pony boys, pony girls. See you next time. (laughs) All right, guys. Again, we're going to end this episode on Dealer's Choice. It is our editor, Michael's Choice. He gets to pick whatever song he wants to by the one of one of the four artists that passed away. It's totally up to him. So I don't know what he's going to pick. So, you know what? It's uh, just as much of a shock to me as it will be to you guys. All right. We love you guys so very much. Please just know how much we truly care about our Rock and Roll Heaven family. And um, we just want you to be well, be safe. and. Uh, We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 